Surprise box Wednesday until today. Afternoon delight, by the way. Until today, I thought talking about this in the newsroom. I thought afternoon delight was about space travel, a scientist <laughs> going to the lab, setting up a telescope in the afternoon and looking into the night sky. You know, why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night when everything's a little clearer in the light of day, and we know the night is always going to be there anyway. Um, then I realised, Connor. Afternoon Delight is not about a scientist going to the lab. Uh, I don't think that song is, no. I think you've been, uh, you know, very um, sharp that you've picked that up. What's it about? Uh, Because I still don't know. I think it's about having a cup of tea with your neighbour, isn't it? And building some of that community spirit. Yeah. Moata, is it? Um, In the UK they have like a fruit juice thing that's called um, Sunny Delight. So I think it's just about having an afternoon fruit juice properly. Yeah. Okay, thank you for clearing that up for me. Um, and by the way, uh, what is your afternoon delight? Text us two one zero one, and I've got a, um, I've got to actually tell you mine, and this is true too. My afternoon delight is actually Turkish delight. I cannot get enough. It's an addiction that I've always had. There's a little wee um, place down the road here where I get a a, a two pm afternoon delight, Turkish delight. Have it, love it. What's yours, Moana? Moata, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm overcome by the whole. Um, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Text us two one zero one. What's yours? What is your uh, afternoon delight? You're on the panel. Uh, RNZ. What's yours? A muffin. Yeah, Connor? muffin. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, butter, cup of tea. Love it, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. Uh, regarding, uh, oh, yes, they all come now. They're all coming in now, the text, uh, telling uh, what the song is actually about. N- interesting. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Right. Uh, we have got a person who's just been to Costco. Um, is Philip? Kia ora, Philip. Rufus, sorry. Rufus, how are you? I'm well. It's uh, not quite like Philip, but uh, Rufus, yes. I'm well, now, thank you. Now, um what was the vibe like at Costco? It was very crowded, and it was... I thought there'd be uh, trolley war, wars. There were so many trolleys going different ways, but everybody was in a good mood. The staff were uh, happy, and there were plenty of them. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really quite fun. What did you buy? Well, <laughs> a whole range of um, things. Shampoos at sort of half price, uh, oh. a whole range of sort of stuff. But... Uh, the sixty dollars that you're uh, complaining about. Yes. Uh, the we filled our vehicle up and we saved thirty bucks over over our normal price in one in one hit. So uh, your sixty dollars is not 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 much of, uh, much, to, much to worry about. It's not an ad, Rufus. It's not an ad. You know, do you work for Costco? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> That sounds like a fair savings, doesn't it? Do you think you'll go back again? Oh, we know we will. You know, we, 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 uh, and we, there was good food there too, great food. Uh, mm. Huge, huge pizza for 18 bucks. Huge pizza. We only were able to, between my wife and me, we were only able to eat half. But, Amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, 
I, we thought it was great. The one, the one downside is they don't have grog. Yeah, all right. Hey, Rufus, very, very good. Sounds like you've had a savings already. Uh, someone says... <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of wit this afternoon. Costco do Turkish delight in bulk Wallace. <laughs> oh dear, do yourself a favour, Wallace. Try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Rufus. Thanks very much. And look, um, please keep your text seemly. You're all texting me willy nilly on uh, what you think afternoon delight is. Thanks. I had enough of that. Uh, we're moving on. Um, but thank you very much for that. I got. I've got the message. I've got the message. You're on the panel, RNZ National, Connor English and Moata Tamaira with me today. This is interesting. A 6,000 signature petition is presented to Parliament today, urging MPs to pass the Alcohol Harm Reduction Bill. It calls for phasing out of alcohol advertising and sponsorship for broadcast sports and the abolition of appeals on council's local alcohol policies. It's getting a bit of support from some quarters. Someone who is not for it is the Minister for Sport, Grant Robinson. He has said he will vote against the bill. France has had a ban on alcohol advertising on television and cinemas since 1991. The Heineken Cup is known as the H Cup in France, so some are saying, hey, what about here? Sally Caswell is Professor of Public Health at Massey University, also a member of the World Health Organization Expert Advisory Panel on Drug Dependence and Alcohol Problems. Professor Caswell, welcome to the program. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora. So this will be a conference vote. Beer and rugby, inextricably entwined, almost impossible to separate the two. Is it realistic? Well, some other countries have moved, and yes, I think it is. I mean, I think the, the, the petition's signatures are a sign that there is a real change in the feeling around alcohol and alcohol harm, and that there's a need to do something, which I think is a really good, um, a good sign. I mean, I think we have to turn it on its head, really, and say, what is the justification for marketing a product like alcohol? And, and, you know, we, it, is a le- it is a legal product. Nobody is going to say it shouldn't be a legal product. But that's very different. I mean, tobacco is still a legal product, but we've decided that it's a product with enough harm that we don't market it. And I think that particularly now, you know, we've, it's going beyond just the, what we used to see in the way of sports sponsorship. Sports sponsorship now and other other forms of sponsorship are very much part of what's happening in the digital media. Right. That's a very powerful form of marketing for people. So I think there's a real reason why people are increasing their levels of concern about what's happening. And and maybe we should take a fresh look and really ask the question, why why do we think it's a reasonable thing to to use this sort of approach to market a product which is responsible for so much harm. I see, in fact, uh, this is going back in uh, February, I see women's rugby has taken a bit of a lead in the culture change for New Zealand. They've, uh, I, I, I understand this still, they've sidestepped alcohol branding in favour of sponsors that send a healthy message. So they're not doing so. They're saying clearly, well, it can be done. Absolutely, and, and that's why we, on behalf of the health um, coalition Aotearoa put out a press release saying well done well done you women um, let's see who might follow you next but you know there is not a lot of sign of the um, men's sports the things like the all blacks following course we've, we've still got this very long standing Steinlager 
um, relationship branding of, of the All Blacks. And it, as I said before, it's very much happening in the digital media. It's not in the logos on the front of the shirts anymore, but it's really there where um, young people are. I mean, one campaign last year was, was promoting a competition in eSports, um, which, you know, is very, very popular among young men. And, you know, in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand at the moment, among our young people aged 18 to 24, there's still one of one in three of them drinking really heavily, and and this is something that I think people are becoming more aware of. And okay, really want to see a change shall we? In. Yeah, yeah. Kia ora, Sally. Let's let's get, bring in our. This is all. This is this is you, Connor. <coughs> esports. <laughs> yeah, what's 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 your what's your take on this? Well, well look, as uh, you know, esports New Zealand. We actually took a decision not to support. Uh, sponsorship by uh, some products, uh, and and that was actually around alcohol. Oh. Um, grey area was uh, energy drinks, and um, another area it's quite a con- controversial area in uh, esports is cryptocurrency. So we we as an organisation we don't ourselves okay. do that, but there'll be commercial operators out there who may well uh, partner up with with alcohol providers to to, to promote their their events. Congratulations, Connor. I think that really, you know, like women's rugby, you're leading the way. Good on you. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's no doubt that, you know, too much alcohol is harmful, just like too much uh, drugs or food or not enough not enough exercise. Uh, and, and we are a lot more focused on wellness, or well, we seem to be more focused on wellness these days um, than we used to be. So I can understand why it's an issue and people are, people are raising it. Uh, let's bring in more water. I've always thought it was strange that um, that sport, which is you know seen as being a really healthy activity yeah. to take yeah. part in, has has been so um, entwined with um, alcohol advertising, which we know it can be very harmful. Um, it's it's a it's a weird kind of dynamic, isn't it? It's, it's you know we've all seen those t-shirts like my drinking team has a rugby problem, and you know being at the club rooms after the after the games it's not fanta that they're serving so it, it's a yeah it's a weird sort of um symbiotic thing going on and i, th- I think it is a, a positive step to try and um break some of that and yeah just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean that it has to continue that way i guess the concern is then is that there's there are other sponsors that are available so that um, New Zealand sport isn't suffering in the meantime, but I think it's a positive move forward. Okay, so you're for it, uh, Connor. That's interesting. So you've, uh, yeah, that's very interested here about you and esports sort of uh, taking uh, extricating sponsor- alcohol away mm. from that sector. But look, um, uh, Sally, Minister Grant Robinson concerns. He's not for this. He said that the law change could cut off funding for sports groups mm. without a clear plan on how to fund them. This bill could possibly strangle local clubs. I mean, the last thing you want is to is the no, pin being no, pulled on a financial no. lifeline, surely, Professor yeah. Caswell? No, the, the, actually, the, the data that we've got, which is really hard to come by, but there's not a lot of product, uh, alcohol product sponsorship in the local community level stuff anymore. It's really more at the elite. There is, there is um, certainly sponsorship by the retail outlets. But I think, you know, what we have to look at is the availability once alcohol is not available. 
Um, we see, you know, what happened with tobacco. Many other companies stepped up. Women's rugby, um, being, I've forgotten the name of them, but a big international um, industrial complex is, is, is sponsoring them and other uh, women's rugby teams around the world. But if, if we're worried about what's happening in the interim, let's do what we did with tobacco, which is we've got a levy on alcohol sales already with another two cents on a can of beer. We could buy out whatever is there. Oh, yeah. And that could be on the, in the interim, just as we did for tobacco in, in 1990. It's, oh, that's it's good. Okay, so let's, let's talk solutions. Let's talk solutions. So that's quite good. A levy of three cents on a beer, seven cents on spirits. So, you know, Grant Robinson had the crying lack of funding. There's your answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Mr. Robertson, we hope he, we, we wrote to him and explained, and we'll, we'll write to him again. We'll hope that he, he will see that it's not the big issue that he thinks. It was just a, you know, he's concerned about, um, kids and people being healthy following COVID. That was one of his points. And of course, I think we all agree with it. But I don't think this move is, is a move that's going to make that a, right. that a, a situation. Kia ora, Sally. Thanks very much for your time. That's Sally Caswell there, who, and by the way, a couple of years back wrote an editorial for the prestigious medical journal The Lancet on uh, this very issue. Uh, by the way, you can probably stop your text about Afternoon Delight now. I know what it's about, uh, and you don't have to go into personal details about what you do in the, do in the afternoons. Thank you, um, because um, others see the text, not just me. It's uh, 14 to 5. Uh, the panel, RNZ National, Moata, Tamaira and Connor English uh, with me today. And the top 100 TV shows of all time. Um, we talk about that uh, in a few minutes' time. Some wonderful suggestions coming through. But there, I'm completely shocked that one uh, UK series is not one of those. Anyway, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. And if there's one thing that does take a major toll on mental health that just won't go away... It is bullying. Uh, no apologies for bringing bullying up any time we talk about this on the panel. We talked about it quite a bit. A 2021 report found that just 35% of 15-year-olds said they've never been bullied. In light of this, there have been calls for anti-bullying programs to be made compulsory in our school. Now, one of those programs that is seen as really quite successful is called Kiva, founded in Finland, now used in a few dozen New Zealand schools, and one of those schools is Sea Tune School in Wellington. Principal John Weston joins us. Kia ora, John. Uh, kia ora, Wallace and Panel. Tell us about the Kiva program. Why did you introduce it? Yeah, thank you for having me on the panel. Uh, look, we introduced Kiva because we wanted our tamariki to be really the best they can be in highly functioning, contributing citizens, you know, really good people. We We didn't have a bullying problem. But we wanted our children to be the best they could be. And, we, and research shows that if you want to, you know, key, uh, bullying happens in New Zealand culture. There's no question around that. And so what are we going to do about it? Well, we know we make our decisions on research, and research shows that you need a school-wide sequential program to address this and support our children to be what we say be upstanders rather than bystanders. And, you know, the data stands, stands for itself, and... Um, in, in New Zealand, we have some long-term data now that models the, um, I think it's in about, it's in around 20 countries, and I've started in Finland, and over 60 schools in New Zealand now and growing. Oh, okay. And that data shows that um, 
in the first year, a school will often say a little spike because suddenly schools talk about it and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to bring it up and will be addressed. Uh, after another year, 24 percentage points down. Over three years, it's around 45% reduction in uh, notified bullying that happens in schools. So the data just stands up this for itself better is, than any other product. Any other okay, product. this is extraordinary. So um, the panellists might uh, have a question. Oh, we talked about this a couple of years ago, but in brief, how does it work? Right, it's got three parts. So it's school-wide and um, it has a prevention component. That's where throughout the school we teach lessons. And so these are sequential, they've got a structure to them. There's a 10-lesson t- a, a program over the year. Um, they're bringing up all sorts of uh, issues and they're giving them strategies so that if a child sees something happening in the playground, they might be able to um, intervene. But they also know that the school doesn't want this, so they know what to do. And we then have an intervention stage, which is a team of highly trained um, teachers that would interview everyone involved. Um, it's solution-focused, it's restorative in its approach, and it, um, it, it works with the victim and the bully. Obviously, the victim's most important, but the bully, we want to change their behaviour so it doesn't happen again. We're a community, so we need them to be able to be in the same classroom and, and not have any um, ongoing issues. And then the final stage is the monitoring. So there's annual monitoring, that's where we can get the data from, but there's ongoing monitoring to touch base and check in that the changes that we've brought in um, the changes that the students around the child that's been identified as being bullied have supported actually are making a difference, and it's Gosh. It's, it's lasting. Isn't that fantastic? Hey, we, well, um, we're a bit um, struggle for time, so let's just leave it there for now. We might bring you back uh, in a few weeks, John, to continue the quarter or around Kiva, though. But for now, thank you. That's uh, C-Tune School Principal John Weston on this quite remarkable program uh, called Kiva, which reduces bullying Connor, um, yep. <clears throat> next level. Yeah, well, uh, Life Education Trust, which um, my wife was involved with for a long time, uh, mm. has similar sort of programs, I okay. think. And, uh, you know, I, I think the adults um, want do want help on how to handle it because yeah. it can be yes. quite tricky when, when your child is being bullied oh, or whatever. Totally. Um, you know, you just do want to know what to do about it. Absolutely. Connor, Moata? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> My child's definitely been picked on at school, and it's just very frustrating. Um, I would love for them to have um, some kind of um, intervention like this. It sounds really great. Very good. All right, uh, nine to five, the panel RNZ National. Now, to close out today's show on a slightly lighter note, Rolling Stone just released their updated list of the 100 greatest TV shows of all time. Some newer shows like Fleabag and Atlanta have been added since the last time it was updated, while other classic shows like Seinfeld and MASH stood their ground. To round out the top picks for you, coming at number three... That's right, Breaking Bad. And number two... Yep, Simpsons holding strong at number one. Sopranos, number one out of the 100, but uh, my pick, my pick, which came at number 36, I think, uh, the, the show of all time, it's David Brent in The Office. I can't imagine Jesus going, oh, 
I've told a few people here in Bethlehem I'm the son of God. Can I just stay here with mum and dad now? No. You've got to move on. You've got to spread the word. You know. You've got to go to Nazareth, please. And that's very much like me. Indeed, and look, we've got a TV reviewer, James Crude, joining us very shortly to cast his eye for a couple of minutes on what he thinks. But first, uh, it was a, struck a little bit of a rocky patch on the panel today when um, uh, Connor and I uh, butted heads <laughs> fairly significantly on <laughs> on whether Hogan's Heroes was good. I thought it was utter rubbish and didn't stand the test of time. <clears throat> Vic is here to tell us otherwise. Vic, welcome. Hello, Vic Houston here. Yes. Now, why does it resonate for you? Because my father was a prisoner of war in Germany for two and a half years after somehow surviving a B-24 heading downward. And um, he said that Hogan's Heroes was more like the life he led there than any other. Now, he was an American, and they were better treated than the English. But it was the old German heroes of World War One who ran the camps, and they were the old-fashioned guys. They ran nice camps. So the prisoner war camps in Germany were actually not so bad, part of the time anyway. And he thought Hogan's Heroes was a very good characterization of what happened. Well, Vic, I take that back, and I formally apologize uh, to all listening. <laughs> I think that's an extraordinary story. Thank you for that. Now with us now is uh, TV reviewer James Crute. Kia ora, James. Are you with us? Yes, I am. James, um, what did you make of it? Sopranos, number one. Look, I'm not mad at the top five, I have yeah. to say. I found it interesting that Fleabag had made the top five. Uh, I think there's an HBO bias, if I dare say it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think definitely some of these shows. I was also interested in the number of shows that maybe have only had one season that have made the list. Things like I May Destroy You, which obviously has had a significant impact since it debuted um atlanta i was surprised to see how high that was i was pleased that the uh, good fight a show that you can only watch half of here in new zealand because prime <laughs> video won't get off their backside and get us the other half um, i'm pleased that made the list and i'm also delighted that what we do in the shadows the brilliant american interpretation yes. of Tyker and jermaine's show makes the top 100 but where is flight of the concords well, mm. that's a que- there's a question for some. Let's go around the panel. What, who, who sh- what should be in the Moata for you? Um, well, I saw in the article uh, that Schitt's Creek was mentioned, which I, I, I think definitely, definitely should have been in there. Um, but when I was um, looking at the way they described how they picked them, they talked about groundbreaking shows, shows that did something a little bit different. I think, bit of a blast from the past, but I think Moonlighting. Oh, that was the on. first mm. show that I yep. ever watched that broke the fourth wall. Um, I'm also right in thinking there's virtually no legal dramas within this hundred. Oh, yeah, interesting, well, James. Interesting. Okay, so moon. From, apart from the good fight. Uh, uh, so moonlighting, Connor, for you. Uh, yeah, look, I enjoyed moonlighting with Bruce Willis and uh, was it Cheryl? Civil Shepherd. Civil Yeah, no, no, it was it was good and it was a bit different and it was a light. A light program, you know. So um, I, I tend to like, you know, the likes of Sun, you know, Seinfeld and Veep and Mash and All right. um, Rake and. Um, but I guess my top show would be Drive to Survive. I think that's the the best show that there's <laughs> ever never, been produced never on TV. Never heard of it. What is it? What is? Oh, 
Well, gosh, your education has to be improved, Wallace. It's <laughs> yeah. a, um, Educate it's, me. It's sort of a documentary on uh, Formula One. Uh, oh, sort okay. of behind the scenes on Formula One. No, no, yeah. you got me. You got me. Um, what am I? What am I seeing here, uh, James? I mean, uh, the wire. What was number four? So that's uh, uh, that's in there. What else uh, surprised me? Here's here's what surprised me, James. You've got the 100 shows of all time, okay, uh, in the whole world, and the biggest show of all time is not there. What's that for you? I would have thought you would have been scandalised that The Office US was above The Office UK. I was, and so upset I'm not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but the biggest, so the, biggest, the biggest TV show of all time. Well, I mean, there's complete bias against soap. I mean, you know, where's, where's Dallas? That uh, definitely was a groundbreaker ooh. in the 80s, as lurid and awful as it was in so many ways. We're saying elsewhere. I mean, ER seems ridiculously low. I mean, there's a definite <laughs> bias against medical dramas in this <laughs> as well. Um, I see some of the classics as well there, uh, James. So Hill Street Blues, yeah, that's in there, uh, 38. Game of Thrones, 31? Yeah, look, I think, you know, fantasy isn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, mm. I, I love that Sesame Street is above it, though, at 26. Um, but <laughs> I do question a list that has freaks and geeks. As much as I love all the guys that have come out of that, ahead of MASH, that does seem a little bit dotty. And six feet under should be way higher. Yes. Very nice. And just a couple more here. 88 at the Crown, Squid Game 95. And were you a fan of Faulty Towers, uh, James, at 68? Oh, yes, I think so. And I like that Monty Python, you know, acknowledged by the Americans as the one show that they could get behind, even though they probably watched the movies rather than the TV show. Pleased to see that Very was good. Up high as All well. right, James. Kia ora. All right, it's been a wonderful afternoon. You've all been a delight. Mawata Tamaira, Connor English, thanks for being with me. Lisa Owen and Checkpoint next. See you tomorrow, 345.